This is the Cherished You Podcast. I am your host, Rama. This is an evergreen content warning. Um, This podcast talks a lot about abuse and uh, trauma and surviving from both. Uh, We talk about narcissistic abuse. So please understand that if you are not comfortable with talking about those things and your mental health openly and honestly, maybe with not uh, so much polish, uh, this may not be the space for you. Also understand that uh, this ta- this podcast also tackles uh, societal issues of racism, capitalism, um, patriarchy, misogyny, whiteness. So if any of these I um, these topics trigger you, please feel free to leave this space and um, without comment and without any vitriol. Um, and that is perfectly fine for both you and I. Thank you. Hello, welcome back, guys. This week, I really wanted to touch on, again, something that I don't feel like gets talked about enough. And I think it's something that a lot of us, especially recently over the last, like, especially since the pandemic, I think mostly um, a lot more of us are experiencing this. If you've been doing this kind of inner work and, you know, growth work on your own before that point, you will have experienced this. You will have experienced this already. Um, But I think especially, yeah, since the pandemic, I think I've seen a lot more people going through this and just trying to make sense out of it. But... um, in the process of like personal growth, I think one of the hardest things that we deal with that again, really doesn't get talked about enough for me anyway, is the, the loss of idealiz- uh, idealization. And what I mean by that is there could be something in your life that was absolutely secure in your mind as to what it stood for, um, was, you know, you like understood the meaning of, and it was like, this was the truth of all truths. And then, and then something comes along as you're doing your growth and you find out, Hey, it, none of it was real. And in narcissistic abuse, this kind of happens a lot with, you know, with the person that you're experiencing the abuse with. But I think this is also one of the things that just happens when you start to see the world for the way it really is. Um, that it's really hard to be disappointed about a person, thing, uh, uh, an experience, and feel like, oh, shit, it's not real. Like, that's not, it's not that way. And for me, it's actually, uh, this has actually happens to me a lot, um, but on like the really big things in my life, I think there were um, a, a handful that really kind of this whole process really kind of threw me back a little bit. Um, one of them was medicine. My whole um, my whole life, I'd wanted to be a doctor, and then all of a sudden, you get into the middle of it, and you're like, okay, it's not the way what I thought it was, but okay, that's fine. You don't you know you don't see everything from the surface, and then the deeper you got into it, you're like, oh crap. Okay, so that's corrupt. Okay, that's a problem. Well, that's why this thing doesn't happen. Okay, well, this is why, this is why people. Can, oh my God. Okay, and then it's like one thing after another after, and then you realize, oh wait, the entire thing is a hoax. The entire system is just not 
anywhere near what you thought it was and isn't going to let you be the kind of professional that you want to be. And then having to reconcile all of that information with my own expectations of myself for my own um, authentic expression in that, in that role. And I'm like, oh, well, this thing that I've spent my whole life wanting to be, this thing that I've worked my ass off to try to, you know, to go through and finish with all of these hurdles, I now have to either willingly drop it or willingly step into the dark, deep, dark cave and know that I'm not going to be able to do it the way that I think that I, I thought that I could, that I know that I can. But given the constrictions and the expectations and all of that, medicine in this world is not going to let me practice the way that I want to practice. And for me, I had to make the choice to walk away. But that choice took me years to make to finally do it because of this whole process of having having medicine fall down from its pedestal that I had put it on as a three-year-old and realizing, oh shit, it is not what it's cracked up to be. I also went through this with food, just in general, just food as a, as a whole, and realizing that the food that we think is food is not really food and it's made like that on purpose and oh my God, it's so much worse than you think it is. Even when you think you know everything, it's still so much worse. And that still, I still go through that. I mean, I don't have as much of a visceral reaction to it anymore, but anytime something else comes out, I'm just like, well, yeah, of course. And it does. It, this, going through this process over and over again, especially to things that are important to you, um, will, you will go through a phase where you're jaded. And there comes a point where you have to make the choice to continue to be jaded or to actively work toward a more optimistic outcome that doesn't exist but you have to be optimistic that you can do something to help it exist i happen to have chosen that part but i do know people who choose to stay, stay jaded and that's where they end up and that also doesn't help them they they don't they're not uh working to create an alternate solution um i went through this with my all-time favorite shara khan and um, if you don't know, I <laughs> am um, a huge Shah Rukh Khan fan, like a lot of people. And I know that uh, 2016 was really the year that I started kind of putting some stuff together. Now, mind you, there's absolutely no information that I have that is concrete that I can point to and be like, this is what I'm talking about. But I, um, I look at all the things surrounding a person. So for example, like I could never understand, um, not even for any other reason than just the fact that he's a renowned like failure, but I could never understand how people believe that Trump was a successful businessman. Now, my bias is that I grew up in New York. I had heard about him since I was a child and he's still to this day is the only person I only business person we know to go bankrupt running multiple casinos. The house is rigged to win and you went bankrupt doing it. How does that happen? Now, at the time, we didn't have um, the extent of the information that we have on him as we do now. But um, it all looked kind of shady. And so if it looks kind of shady, it probably is kind of shady. And I don't have to necessarily have a reason why. But um, 
turns out, hey, all my, I didn't have a reason, but it turns out there were a bunch of reasons to know why. And now all these years later, we find out all the reasons why. Shah Rukh Khan, I have kind of the same thing. I love him to death. I do. Like my love for him is true. And it's the truest thing about me. I have loved that man since I first saw him in a movie when I was seven. And I am going to be 38. So 21 years later, I am just as excited to watch him in a movie as I was when I was seven, when I was 15, when I was 22, when I was 29. Like, it don't matter. But you got to take a look at what somebody surrounds himself with, especially when you don't have a lot of information about their personal life. And maybe that's on purpose. Yes, he has a lot of fame. He has more fame that makes sense for most people. That's actually a red flag in my mind. Um, he is, his best friends are knee deep with the mob, whatever mob country that, you know, you choose to pick. He is celebrated in the Middle East and especially in Dubai. And, um, and that is also a red flag because usually you don't become massively famous in those areas unless you are able to provide people with something, whether that's money, access, or anything along those lines, those people are transactional of the nth degree. Um, you are well-liked to such a degree, but there's no dissent on that at all. There's nobody who's had a bad experience with you. That seems kind of hard to believe, but you know, that's also, you know, so this, I don't have any kind of concrete information about whether or not Shah Rukh Khan's a crook or if he's on the take or if he's been involved in kind of shady business. No idea. And very likely, if it hasn't come out by now when everyone else's bullshit has come out, maybe there isn't any. But it's kind of like if you keep seeing vultures kind of flying around, the dead body's got to be somewhere. And he... Again, I, I have no information and I love him to death. I feel like I need to keep saying that. But something is just kind of like, I'm like waiting for the other shoe to drop. On a more social example, but less personally involved on this one, um, I'll actually include the, the Dalai Lama in this one. Um, and that, that, that this just happened recently, but... Also, one of those things where the entire... I've never been particularly enamored with the Dalai Lama. I, I never really understood um, why he was so... Um, uh, why, he, wh why, why he was on the pedestal that he was on. Um, but he has been involved with, like... There was... Uh, when he went to, like, the Nexium thing uh, years ago, he, um, he says, like... Uh, very misogynistic things in his interviews and stuff, which always came, seemed kind of weird to me that no one would call him out on that. Um, he was always kind of in the vicinity of some kind of shittery. And then it turns out, oh, he might have a history of like abusing young kids because of this, you know, this incident that happened when he had this child suck on his tongue, which is weird. Um, I think that was a moment for a lot of people, especially if you do hold that kind of person in high regard, is it's kind of hard to deal with. The process of losing somebody, of having somebody fall off a pedestal, whether it's a person or a thing or a concept or whatever it is, um, that pr the process of that loss, the 
the grieving of that loss is hard. Um, I did this with sports also. Sports is another one. I used to love watching sports. 2016 rolled around and I just didn't have the bandwidth to both watch sports and deal with uh, the, the fire hose of news that would be coming out of that administration all the time. So I stopped watching sports. And also because this was also after like one scandal after another in all of the sports, right? Like when I was a kid and the Yankees were doing really well, we had the steroid scandal. So I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop on the steroid scandal with the Yankees. And that happened with the players that we brought in. All right. Okay. Then there was like the concussion thing with the NFL. All right. Then there's like the sports betting thing with basketball. Okay. It's like one thing after another after another. And you realize that sports is really, it is exactly what they say it is. It is for entertainment purposes only. Do not take this stuff seriously. It's a game. People are paid a lot of money to watch the game. We are here to give you a space where you don't have to think about the real world. It's a fantasy place, but it is all orchestrated. And that was really hard for me to deal with, so I was more than happy to give it up for a while. I have gone back to watching sports. Um, very little of that is due to because I want to actually watch sports. But um, I do enjoy it now with less of the angst and the emotion that I would feel before. Like I'm, this is a famous story, but at least in my family, I am famous for having punched a hole in the wall of my mother's basement when the Yankees lost a 2001 World Series. That is a real thing that happened. And, you know, it, it still lives. I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm partially responsible for why my parents actually ended up renovating the basement. But that is a real thing. That's how emotional I used to get. And now, like, you know, I'll be disappointed if the team I'm rooting for loses. But it's not the end of the world because I know it's a show. But it's also taken me, like, six-ish years to get to a point where I can watch it and also be like, it's okay if I'm not like super invested in this. I don't need to be. It is a respite from everything else. But it's also rigged. Like, let's all be clear about that. It's rigged. Um, but yeah, so like this, when something falls off a pedestal, your ability to recognize that that's what's happening is really important. This, the awareness of the situation is important. But I think what also really is hard about it is that it is a loss. And it's, for a lot of us, that's, that was like a huge part of our personality was this thing. Um, or, you know, this belief in this thing was a huge part of our personality. So there is a lot of like deconstruction of ourselves that needs to happen. So to be like, you know, Am I taking this so hard because I feel like I lost myself? I felt, I felt like I lost a big piece of myself in the process. And that was true for me on each, like on all the things that I've had to like grieve the loss of, of things that were on a pedestal for me. They were all huge parts of my personality for a long time until I learned to be some, learned to be me without the context of all of those things. It doesn't define me that I love Shah Rukh Khan, even though there might be something there that I'm not sure, quite sure is kosher. It's not, um, it doesn't affect me whether or not sports is rigged because it's not a huge part of my personality anymore. It doesn't um, affect me as much anymore that I don't practice medicine because it's not a huge part of my personality anymore. 
but there was a point when all of those things were my personality. That was what I was known for. And I have to, you lose not only the thing that you thought was like so solid and so true and was, you know, real. And then you also grieve the loss of yourself that identified with all of those things. And I think that's really um, the hardest part of personal growth that is so hard for a lot of people is really learning to be someone without these external things to define you. And being able to define yourself for yourself, by yourself, for yourself. So, again, I'm just, um, these, these few weeks of episodes has really just been me trying to name the problem or name the experience because I think a lot of us just don't have language. We have the feelings, we have the, the experience, but there's no language to explain it or at least there's not enough language to explain it. Um, I think I'm going to cut that one off there. Hopefully, um, as always, I hope this helps whoever it's supposed to help. I, I don't know where I get half the ideas that I do, but whenever they come through, I always try to make sure that I get them out, even if I'm not quite sure why I have to talk about said thing. Um, I will talk to you all next week, but until then, uh, stay safe and stay true, guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Cherished You podcast. If you could please leave me a review, um, subscribe and share. It really helps get the podcast out to those who it will help the most.